Hello, and welcome to season two of Coffee and Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. Coffee and Code is here to help bridge the gap between technology and people through each informative episode. On this show, you'll hear exclusive interviews with experts and innovators in the tech space. No matter your level of expertise or ability, I believe you can be excited, informed, and empowered to learn how the rapidly evolving tech world impacts your daily life. Subscribe to Coffee and Code to be notified when new episodes go live. You can also find me on Twitter at AshleyCoffee underscore and on Instagram at AshleyRCoffee89. Thanks for listening and welcome to Coffee and Code. Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. And today I'm excited to have Lisi Linares on the show with us today talking about the metaverse. Lisi is a publicist to some of the biggest names in XR, a CBS Survivor castaway, Femme Futures chair, proud member of XR Women, and all around creative futurist. I'm so excited to have Lisi on the show with us today to talk about the metaverse and just how exciting this world is. Um, but before we dive in, Lisi, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here? Um, yeah, I, I certainly will. That's always a loaded question. And I have so many different ways to answer that, but I've gotten better and better because I have to answer it a lot more than I care to answer it. But um, <laughs> um I got here like a lot of stuff in life that's interesting uh, by luck and by love is really the best way to put it. I've been in love with with cool technology for as long as I could remember and um, combining it with entertainment, combining it uh, creatively and to get a community is really, really exciting. So I got here because I got lucky. I'm in love with the tech and there's a beautiful community involved with everything that's happening right now. Absolutely. I agree. And it's interesting to see the explosion of this space just in the past few years. I definitely think uh, COVID accelerated our timeline of jumping into this this metaverse, which I think is a good segue for us to just dive into this conversation. But for those who are listening and maybe don't know about the metaverse, can you take some time to kind of describe briefly what it is and why people should care about it? Well, you know, it doesn't matter whether you care about it or not, it's here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just the next step in how we communicate and the next level of what would be uh, an internet interaction. Mm -hmm. So clearly, you know, we've gone past the, you know, uh, selfies and the profile pics that are either a cartoon character or whatever you want it to be. Like, where do you go from there? Okay, well, clearly something that's animated. Okay. So a lot of the stuff that's happening in the metaverse is not, you know, hokey pokey stuff. It's literally just the next, where do you go next? It's like when movies went from black and white or silent to talkies and color, like naturally there's always going to be a, a way to take it further. And that's what the metaverse is. It's the internet just taken further. So what happens? We start to communicate deeper 
and we have financial ties and we have more communities. And, you know, again, I have to go back to further earlier technologies because the, 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 it's all there. So yeah, going back to the metaverse and why you should care, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter if you care or not, you know, it's going to be part of your world. It's like if you never wanted to have a Facebook account and you got a Facebook account or you never wanted to go online and, you know, you order your stuff on Amazon. Like it's, it's an inevitable, it's like Andy Warhol's plastic inevitable. The metaverse (laughs) is an inevitable. Agreed. Agreed. And I've seen people kind of compare this time that we're in right now to the area where the iPhone first came on the scene, the smartphone, right? It really changed the way that we communicate with one another and created our first digital footprint of social platforms, just a different way to connect. And what's really exciting to me is that so many companies are starting to buy into this as well. I mean, we've seen Gucci, um, so many other companies really start to create digital shopping platforms as a means for um, people to connect and learn about new products and be able to to connect with a brand in a way that I think people are still understanding rather than going into a physical store, you're going into a virtual space, you're maybe interacting with clothing, you're interacting with um, music or, or shapes. It's just, it's a new way of expressing yourself. I think that, that I think that will drive another generation of creativity as we kind of recover from the pandemic and see what those next chapters are in this emerging tech realm. Yeah, you know, it's all connected with, you know, what the internet is and how it came to be. And, you know, I I love to go back even further and kind of look at this time, like, you know, where were people when the first phonograph made its appearance? the first telephone, like when the first light bulb showed up in town, like, you know, even, even the beginning of cinema itself, like that kind of paradigm shifting technology is, you know, everything that we're experiencing now. And there's going to be people that are, yay, you know, building it. And this is the new world. And this is how we level up humanity and communication and blah, blah, blah. And then there's people that are like, oh, hell no, I don't even know what that is. I don't (laughs) want anything to do with that. It is really freaky. I mean, like, you found those people all through this story. The first people that didn't want a phone to begin with. Oh, I don't want to have that. It's like an electric leash. (laughs) (laughs) You know, where are those people now? They've got phones. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to circle back around to it. So I really want you to kind of expand upon your journey about diving headfirst into PR within the XR space. You've seen VR really explode and you, you've you been on the scene for quite a while as compared to some other people who may just be getting their feet wet. So let's talk about your journey there into diving into PR in the XR space. Uh, yeah, I have to go back to my, my luck and love story. You know, um, I fell in love with PR doing the whole uh, survivor press junket stuff. Mm-hmm. I was really fascinated by how, you know, CBS would put together its publicity and, you know, just kind of put you through this machine. And then like the narrative and the story that's weaved around you as a persona, you know, mm-hmm. um, And I remember like sitting there in some studio somewhere going from interview to interview after you get eliminated and you have to go through stories like 30 times in one day. Mm 
And I would see the the action behind the scenes. And I thought to myself, God, when, when this is all over, I would really like to like, you know, mess around and see what I can do in this PR publicity situation. And as life would have it, um, I started a small firm um, and my first client was a supplement from New Zealand, which was actually amazing. Wow. And so I dabbled in health and wellness for a little bit. And out of nowhere, uh, middle of late 250, yeah, late 2015, going into the top of 2016, the whole cryptocurrency thing really started to get super interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just got a, 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 an inquiry on my website. And one thing led to the other, which led to literally traveling all over the world, representing cryptocurrencies and blockchain projects, and all the while kind of eyeing what was happening with AR and VR. And I even, man, (laughs) something like three years ago, I remember talking to someone that's a really popular, is part of a really huge VR studio. And I remember talking to her and telling her, man, we're going to have to put all these kids together because there will be an application for cryptocurrencies as we really evolve in VR land. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish I wish at the time she really would have taken my pitch because they would have really been ahead of the game, the studio. But, <laughs> you know, life is what it is. So that's what happened to make a very long story as short as possible here. Um, it was a little bit of luck. It was uh, that intrigue to do PR and what happens and how do you how you make a story and sell a story. It's all very, you know, I, I'm a performer at heart and, you know, I love uh, I love getting my clients to fulfill a role. Mm-hmm. Like I love it when my clients really get distilled with their public image and they just like become this thing because it makes my life so much easier, mm-hmm. but, you know. I digress here. So yeah, it was a little bit of luck and just paying attention to the big field that is now known as XR and just paying attention kind of got me here. And the PR thing just, I mean, it was really cool when I started to introduce myself to the VR people, when I started to actively make my pivot. Oh, side note, I actually, my firm and I at the time actually premiered the first movie on the blockchain. It was an anime about 12 minutes long. Wow. Vera in your dreams. Yeah. That's literally the first movie ever on the blockchain. That is so freaking cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That was one of those moments like, yay. And that's really when around that time, honestly, I started thinking, wow, maybe now I should like really start seeing how I could make this turn. And, you know, whenever you try to make changes in your life, you're just kind of like, you know, here we go (laughs) for the best, you know, no matter how prepared you try to be, there's just always too many variables. But um, when I started to introduce myself to the VR people, it was like, I had found my tribe, Ashley, it was amazing. So I'm literally living a dream. And that's how I got here. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. that. That's an amazing journey. And I, I think when you answer your question, woman, <laughs> <laughs> I think one of your strengths is, you know, your creativity and your approach to everything that you do. And one of the beauties of, you know, XR and the metaverse and emerging tech in general is that it's constantly changing. So there's always something new to learn 
which I think is really refreshing, but it takes a very special person to connect the people within the space because it can be a small community in some instances and to see the possibilities that are there and really make them a reality. So I love your journey and into where that you you got here today because I think it's something that some of our audience members could relate to as well. Um, but segueing into another question, I'm curious to hear about some areas within the metaverse that you are excited about. Well, I'm excited in the general metaverse, just the idea that we could go to a place and that place is kind of like our hangout mm-hmm. and you have your stuff at that hangout. Like just the whole idea of, you know, like one of the projects that I'm working on that I'll just tease a little bit about is um, is a, a metaverse world, but it's a particular type of metaverse world. And what I really enjoy is just housing your stuff. You're literally making a house in, uh, you're making a virtual house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll have your secret drawers, you know, of course you'll have your, your, all your goodies that you pick up, all your little NFTs and, <laughs> you know, and, you know, you're, you're going to make like a, like a, like a, a tree house, man. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that because we'll be able to get super creative because nothing's going to get in your way. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you want your metaverse to be a disco, no one's going to stop you. It's a disco, yeah. you know, and it's going to be such a reflection on who we are as a person, as a society, because everyone's going to start to interact with not just the avatar, but everything that comes with the avatar, you know, you'll be able to invite people over and, you know, it's a slippery slope because the more you start to interact and create communities and really pay attention to the details, you know, am I really going to build a house or I'm going to, am I going to make like a Buckminster Fuller kind of dome? Like, (laughs) or am I just going to float around? And, you know, the more you get involved in that, the more you tend to be under. And that's kind of like, you know, (laughs) when the people on the other side are saying like, forget about it. It's ready player one time and we're going to just be locked in and, you know, there's a little bit of that. Look at what we do to the phones, man. We sit and stare at our phones. I think there's definitely like that possibility that we'll strap on our goggles and like sit there for a very, very long time. So that those are kinks that are going to be worked out as we find ourselves there. It happened in all these other technologies. You know, we found out what works and what what, what doesn't work. And that's, yeah, that's a gangster. It is. I, I totally agree. And it's interesting to see the companies that are kind of racing for the next iteration of AR, VR goggles or headsets, you know, contraptions that you wear. I mean, uh, fa- Facebook, now Meta, just did a collaboration with um, Luxottica for Ray-Ban. Um, so that's an interesting foray into kind of changing what that next step looks like. Well, but what's, what's going to be gangster is when we remove the glasses altogether. And that's when we'll really start to have fun because, you know, everything will be very holographic. You know, the lights in your house are going to have, you know, projectors and it'll be very easy for you to touch surface and that becomes something interactive. Like that's, that's when we really are going to get over that hump of being plugged in because you'll be able to have like a pass through and actually see what's going on in the world while interacting. So (laughs) it's, it's, we're, we're, you know, we have one foot here and one foot there and everyone racing to get in and, 
yeah, it's going to be a real tug of war. It's going to get a little messy, but there's going to be a lot of interesting things on the other side. Agreed, agreed. And I feel like Facebook's uh, rebrand to Meta gave validation to this whole concept of the metaverse. And ever since, it really has been kind of a, a race, a wild, wild west, so to speak, of who can iterate quickly, who can be creative, who can bring that next chapter of what this interaction is going to look like. So I'm really excited to see the next year or even six months of what oh, this yeah. space is going to look like. Uh-huh. Exactly. I would I would look at the next six months for sure. Because, you know, all these big players are getting in position and they're strategizing. And you'll be able to see the execution of these plans within the next six months because everything is moving along so, so quickly. Absolutely. And you're at the center of it all, which is really exciting. Well, everyone's rushing to be part of it. So the center moves around a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good segue into my next question. I'm curious, from your perspective, who do you consider to be thought leaders in driving the future of the metaverse? Oh my God, really? You're going to do that to me? (laughs) (laughs) So many, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I I, I love the work. I love the work that um, I love seeing women in the space. I have to shout out. Let's, let's, yes, I want to shout out to the women in this space. The women that, you know, are bold enough to not just you know, get into that sandbox <laughs> um, mm-hmm. with the boys because it's predominantly uh, a, a, a male dominant field, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's wonderful to see these women get into the sandbox and like, you know, get in with the boys. And like, even that's one of the reasons I love XR Women so much. We have come together, you know, we share, we highlight one another so uh, I think I think what's going as opposed to just pointing out a couple of people that are doing some gangster stuff, I really want to highlight the communities mm-hmm. because there's strength in numbers, and you know there's a lot of us that are not exactly like people people, and they like to just kind of not talk too much. But those people are are wealth of information and and knowledge, and when a community becomes a place of uh, true exchange where everyone's cool with one another and we all have like a, a common idea, you find that people that you feel would not participate in another setting are, are sharing and beautiful things come of that. And um, so instead of just looking at one person, I really want to commend and I think some of the biggest thought leaders are the entities themselves, you know, the XR women, the femme futures, and and just those entities as a body, to me, is, in fact, a thought leader. <laughs> I agree. And that's a wonderful response there. And for those who are listening, if you're not familiar with XR women, definitely check out the community at xrwomen.com. That's actually how Lisi and I met each other which is really exciting. Um, But it's a global collective of women in virtual and augmented reality. We meet every Wednesday. It's a free group to participate in. And it's like Lisi mentioned, it's a collective 
resource and connectivity. We meet uh, in iLearn, Verbella, in VR um, or 2D, and we are represented by avatars. And it's a great representation of just the depth and breadth of the community itself. I think I think every woman that is part of the XR Women Group um, is a thought leader. Mm-hmm. You know, we have women literally, I love that you mentioned global because yes, we have women from all over the world. And yeah, I mean, Karen, Karen Alexander and Julie Smithson, just kudos for them. It was their idea. And recently they celebrated a year anniversary. So Yay, XR Women, women, one year. Really exciting. And it's been nice to see the community grow so quickly, but more importantly, to see those connections and those collaborations happen from all over the world, all different backgrounds, academic, private, public. Um, It's just a really great community for people to learn from one another and not be afraid to ask those questions and really challenge those status quos. I think um, I saw a recent topic about how a lot of metaverse panels are mostly men. And uh, XR Women is doing a really good job to make sure there's diversification of voices represented in these metaverse conversations. So I think it's important to highlight those communities because like you mentioned, they are the thought leader communities of the next generation iteration of emerging tech. Yeah, it's really, it's it's just, I'm so proud to to know these ladies, to show up and dance in my avatar and kind of let my hair loose you know, let my hair down, you know, and just kind of like hang out and talk shop with the rest of the girls and <laughs> the rest of the girls. <laughs> right. Have got your virtual cocktail. And- yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it, it, it feels good to not be alone. And, yeah. you know, many times, especially like when you're doing the other side of stuff, like, you know, my clients have their lives, you know, they have, you know, they're either CEOs or they're co-founders. So they have their babies that they're nourishing. But like, I'm on the other side and I see them with their little babies. And, you know, it, it gets a little lonely. I'm not going to lie, you know. So um, to be able to just chill and kick it with you guys on a Wednesday is, yeah, it feels really good. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And I feel like ever since the pandemic kicked in, more and more people have been diving into what it's like to experience VR and attending virtual meetups and whether it's alt space or spatial and just having that sense of connectivity. I uh I used to do I still do this sometimes, but beat saber parties and VR on Saturdays. Oh, just, yeah. yeah, bring people together and it's just so much fun and it feels like you're actually going to a social event, but you're mm-hmm. in the comfort of your own home, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. But you're socializing. Exactly. You know, we're, we're social creatures and, you know, humans need to socialize. And yeah, anything that brings technology in with socialization is fun, it, you know, and, and, and how you choose to use that is up to you. But it's really lots of fun to get a bunch of people and do some multiplayer VR. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Meeting people in VR is a trip and a half. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, that takes like, that takes online dating to another level altogether. 
<laughs> you know, because you, yes. you still have you still have that privacy where you could you know create a persona and you could you know catfish or be catfished or whatever. <laughs> so that element is still there, but you are you are having a connection with someone. Absolutely, I remember uh, I attended Burning Man in VR oh, last go. year, and I met some really awesome people through that that were so genuine and didn't have a problem sharing their experience, both from a virtual perspective and from actually attending Burning Man in person. And that right there was the catalyst that made me realize that potential of connectivity and socializing um, that I didn't realize was possible. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lisi, I'm curious to hear about your first experience in VR. Can you talk us through kind of like a profound moment where you realize this is a thing, this is not going away, this is awesome? Oh my God. I, the first time, okay, I really started getting into VR in the early 80s when, you know, there was already this talk of, you know, the information superhighway. And what that's all going to mean. And, you know, the 80s were very futuristic. And um, so I knew about it. I, you know, who sees a VR headset? I mean, in the 80s, you know, <laughs> some, some college lab somewhere, you know, the government maybe. So I didn't, I didn't really strap in till I was at NYU in 1994. And... I had already suspected that there was going to be some revolution in cinema because there's only so much you could do with a flat image. And I kind of got crazy at NYU film and was like, we need to go past the flat image. What is this? The world happens in 360. Why don't we make movies in 360? Like I was, I, I was off my rocker and so excited because I really felt like we were on the precipice of something. And I'm like, you know, and the year 2000 is just coming up and the future is going to be here. So why does cinema still look like it looked like when it was first, you know, put together and it became a thing and, you know, turn of the century a hundred years ago, like it was just nuts. So um, there was a lab, which I get to that lab through uh, a professor that one of my professors at the time where I was telling him about this Airte script that I wanted to do like all these fly throughs and kind of connect all these Airte lithographs together and make a story. And I told him that I wanted to do some CGI at the time I was working with, um, um, the, Oh, I was working on Silicon graphic terminals. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we were working on sketch five, I think it was and studio sketch. Uh, I mean, that, I mean, talk about polygons. So, so this guy says to me, Hey, you know, if you're really into this, you can go, go and check out this lady. So I went up to, I want to say it was the seventh floor. It could have been another floor, but I want, I, for some reason, I want to say the seventh floor and she had, you know, I don't even remember what it was, but uh, she strapped me on. And actually, now that I think about it, I don't, I think it was some generic something or other. But in any case, she strapped me on and it was very rudimentary. But, but, you know, when you have a suspicion about something and then you just see a little bit of that, like you don't need to see the big picture. I didn't need to see what I knew when I first put it, put the headset on and everything looked super square, like, like the, the dire straits video 
uh, I want my MTV or whatever that track is. I mean, that's what VR looked like then. But if you, if it, it didn't take much to make the jump into what's happening now, like anyone that was in love with VR and put on a headset then would know that we would be arriving here, you know? Um, so that kind of confirmed all my suspicions. And then I started writing VR scripts and oh, I was wow. thinking, I was thinking about how you're going to have to change the way you tell a story in VR. Like we haven't gotten there yet, but there's plenty of people investigating this, but just when we, cause in the beginning, when we were shooting movies, we were just recording the proscenium stage. We were basically just putting us putting what was happening on the stage, a play onto film, literally just recorded. And then editing started to happen. You know, you had the Lumiere brothers and you had uh, Milieu, the going to the moon guy, I forget his name, something like that. Um, and you start seeing, of course, W.D. Griffith, all that stuff. You start seeing editing and the audience has to be taught how to perceive a story in a different way. I mean, they, it, you had to teach the audience that if you see the protagonist go towards a, a doorknob, you know that means they're going to open that door. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was not seen before if you were just recording what was happening on a stage. You know, you just see the live action happening. You don't understand how editing contributes to the telling of the story. So all of that has to happen again now in VR. So, you know exploring what the narrative is because it's clearly not going to be a straight line and, you know, kind of re-educating how, how we could perceive a story. So then I started writing like funky scripts, you know, and uh, using Tesla's three, six, nine method to weave in different storylines that look disconnected, but they're actually part of a whole. Cause I mean, like what's going to happen with VR is we are going to destroy the language barrier. And again, we're not there yet. But once we really destroy the language barrier, it's kind of going to be a little bit of a return to the silent movies, which is interesting. But I think that's when we're really going to make some major, major headway as far as the globe really understanding each other and getting to a place where we can stop fighting at least a little bit. Come on, people. So That was great. And I'm so thankful that you helped me see the light of kind of changing that narrative. I got the pleasure of reading your script, Decadance, which you created. And that right there really opened my eyes to the potential of changing the way that we experience entertainment in a three-dimensional setting, because it was so fascinating to kind of visualize and think through those transitions. And it made me feel more connected to the storyline versus imagining it on a two-dimensional screen. So there's a lot of value to what you just mentioned. Well, that's cool because that's really, that's the end game for me, man. I love doing PR. I love doing publicity. But um, once I really start to uh, make decadence a reality, I'm really, really looking forward to how it's going to manifest itself. Because though I will be the director of the project, it is one of those live beings. Like once decadence becomes the metaverse that it will be, you know, you will be the DJ. You will be, you know, the chick at the door that lets you in. Um, You will be someone in the club that, you know, goes and buys like, you know, a funky hit of something and starts becoming one with the music. 
um, you will be able to purchase some of the artwork in the VIP lounges. Um, you will be able to have uh, uh, an ecosystem-specific cryptocurrency where you could buy, again, outfits for your, you know, for your Deca dancer, um, or even be able to participate in the DJ list. So, um, yeah, that's. I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about kind of throwing that out there and seeing how, you know, our world outside is going to become very much a reflection of what happens in decadence, you know, because people's personalities, you know, what kind of dancer are you? And are you going to be, you know, listening for this and the song? Are you going to create your little crew and hang out over there? And you guys meet in, in decadence, you know, Friday nights at midnight. Like, you know, I want to see how this becomes like a living organism that's just more than a 3D movie or a VR experience. Absolutely. And I am personally excited to see that take shape when it happens, because I have no doubt that it's going to really change the game for, for a lot of people. It's going to be really exciting because um, it's, it's, it's a real look into how entertainment works. You know, we're starting to see how art works. You know, we're, we've gotten really good at, you know, tracking uh, and, and creating value. Just the fact that, you know, we're, we're exchanging JPEGs for, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. That is, that is both absurd and gratifying because we're giving this high value to art, which too many times we just dismiss. And when a kid says that they want to be an artist, they're told, oh, no, you know, become a doctor or a lawyer. So the more we validate that kind of expression, um, the more we're willing to express and the more humans get off their chest, I think the happier we are as a species and the more fulfilled we are individually. I 100% agree with that. And it's nice to know that there are so many freely available tools and resources that people can just dive into now if they wanted to get their feet wet of of creating those different types of expressions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which, you know, I'm going to segue to one of my clients. You guys really need to take a look at what's going on at Metaverse. That's Meta VR SE. And uh, Alan Smithson is a co-founder along with his wife, Julie Smithson. They're a fantastic duo. I love talking to journalists about how they are the meta marriage, you know, the first couple of the Metaverse because it's great to see couples work together and to work together in a field like this where you're pioneering stuff, it just adds an extra layer. So um, the stuff that Alan's putting together at Metaverse is very much like, take a look at this. This is where we're going. And there's going to be a wonderful announcement coming out next week. I don't know when this is going to air, but um, the week, the, the middle of December, there's going to be a wonderful announcement coming out from uh, Metaverse, which is totally going to take that platform and everything that happens therein and the tools that Alan has put together. It's going to take it all to the next level. And it's going to be really exciting to watch. And it's going to be like a pattern that's going to be repeated. You know, everyone's following suit in this direction. And, um, 
Yeah. So yeah, watch out for interesting things coming out of the metaverse. And, you know, another client, two more clients that I really would like to share with you. Um, Cleanbox is amazing. I think, oh, yes. Listen, I think Cleanbox is going to go down in history. Like, you know how people don't say like a photocopy, they say just make me a Xerox. I think Cleanbox is going to be that kind of product. When everything, when all the dust settles and we get the VR headsets into different schools and people will be more comfortable, like instead of looking at their phones, we're putting on some goggles. I think Cleanbox is going to be one of those just like, you know, get me a Cleanbox or make it clean or however the marketing puts it together. That it's going to be synonymous with the, the, the hygiene of uh, an XR product. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that plays out because you get to see who the big pillars of some of this technology turn out to be. And I think, I think clean tech is uh, clean box is one of them for sure. Agreed. And it's such a beautiful product too. And for those that are listening, Cleanbox is a is a box and you can put your VR headset into it or really anything that you, your phone, um, and it immediately, I think within just a few seconds, yeah, removes 99% of germs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 60 seconds. And it's 99.9% effective in removing all viruses and bacteria. So, you know, clearly we're going to be having issues with diseases, you know, Corona clearly is still very prevalent. So I think, I think, you know, once humans really start to spread out, you know, and, and leave major cities, maybe we'll be able to take a respite from diseases. Cause if we don't crowd animals, I don't know what made humans believe that we could crowd ourselves in cities and not get infections. I mean, that's how you breed infections. Everyone in close, close proximity. So Whatever, that's I'm going off on a tangent about humans. But in any case, um, I think we're going to be needing all sorts of solutions for hygiene. And Cleanbox nailed it, period, end of story. Absolutely. And for those listening, I'll be linking Cleanbox in the show notes along with Metaverse and XR Women if you're interested in checking those out in, in more depth. But I'm curious, Lisey, if the audience wants to learn more about what you're doing and follow along on your adventures, where can they find you? Well, um, I really don't believe in websites, even though I am putting a website together for PR charts, because when you look at PR websites, they all say the same thing. And it's all kind of like, oh Lord, you know. So I love uh, the I love the uh, personal uh, recommendations and referrals and the word of mouth. Um, so you could find me on LinkedIn. Um, you could find me on Twitter always. And I am going to be starting kind of like a, a punk rock interview show Ooh. called Shark Bites. And it's literally kind of, it's going to be kind of TikTok-y in that it's very fast and it'll be like just, you know, asking a, a co-founder a question like, you know, what was your inspiration behind this avatar? Boom. And then they'll answer the question and, you know, I'll put it on Twitter and maybe with that website I'm tooling around with. Um, I, I love that. Yeah. And I just, you know, before we wrap up, I really want to mention uh, Squingle. Okay, this is one of my major loves. This is a fantastic VR game, and you guys have got to get turned on to Squingle. Um, Ashley, have you played Squingle? I have not, but I'm going to now that you've mentioned it. Yeah, I haven't sent you keys. 
No, 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 no. Send, send them to me after the show. I'd love oh, to check it out. Yeah, I would have sworn I sent you keys. You would love it because it's really trippy and it's uh, it's a it's a, a, a puzzle game. But the puzzles are really cool. And Squingle is like this goddess that takes you to different layers of the universe. And you go through these wormholes. And it's mm. really immersive. And you can play it any which way you want to. You could like play it in easy mode. Or you could really start to make brain teasers. It's all on you. But it is such a pretty game. And it's such a beautiful use of VR without it being a shooter game <laughs> or a fighting game. And, you know, representing indie VR games is a passion of mine. And I'm lucky to have larger clients to be able to provide services for these indie developers that are making the games of tomorrow. The games that are going to be able to, like, tackle AAA games, they're being put together in college campuses, basements, mm -hmm. Uh, in places where you are not going to be expecting great things to come from, well, great things are happening. And and one of the reasons I started PR Sharks is to be able to 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 give services to these VR indies that really don't have the cash to like you know do a publicity campaign or what have you. But they are working on amazing, amazing projects. And uh, Squingle happens to be one of them. I love Squingle. It's put together by a doctor. He's got a PhD. Wow. Ben, yeah, Ben Outram. He's amazing. So it's a really cool game, Squingle. Yeah. Check I'll check out. that out. I'm always looking for experiences that are a little bit more creative and interesting to dive into compared to, like you mentioned, the typical shooting game or something with violence. I think now more than ever, we need more relaxed experiences or experiences that evoke creativity or you know, expanding the mind into different areas. So I will definitely check that out. Thank you for mentioning it. You'll love it. And VR, VR puzzle games right now are so hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the the Tetris game. It has some really nice music in the background too. If you if you like that, Squingle is going to blow your mind, girl. Oh, great, great. Well, Lacey, this has been a great conversation. And thank you so much for taking us through the metaverse and your experience in PR and kind of highlighting some of the thought leaders and companies that are really making waves right now. I'll definitely be linking those in the show notes. But before we wrap, is there is there anything else you'd like to, to leave us with? Ashley, I want to thank you. I want to leave with a thank you note to you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for being open. Thank you for being you, man. Well, thank you, Lisey. I, I really appreciate that. It's, you know, one of my passions is connecting people. And this is a great opportunity to, to connect you with so, so much of the audience that listens to this show. So thank you for, for reaching out. And thank you for, for being your authentic self, too. I think you've inspired me a lot ever since we really started to get to know each other. But this has been a great conversation. And I just appreciate you so much. That's cool. Thank you for listening to Coffee and Code, and be sure to subscribe to be notified when new episodes go live. We'll catch you next time. If you enjoyed today's episode of Coffee and Code, share it with a friend. You can also support this podcast by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and you can also share it on social media. It doesn't matter if you have five or 500 or 5,000 followers, you have influence. And lastly, 
Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when new episodes go live. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee and Code.